Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker is joining us via the Skype. And on today's show, we are going to be breaking down the top 20 centers that are currently in the playoffs right now. Uh, We'll be doing the wingers, defensemen, and goaltenders all throughout this week. So every day of this week, there will be a new episode uh, with with a new top 20. For goalies, we're doing top 15 because it just felt a little bit like once we get to 20, we might as well do all the goalies. So we're doing top 15 for the goalies. But uh, we're going to rank everybody that's in the playoffs as NHL.com attempted to do. Justin, I know I, I don't know if you actually read through all the rankings that NHL.com did, but I think they're under the impression that the Sharks and the Kings both made the playoffs. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I looked at their list and uh, I think it was on NHL tonight that they posted it. And yeah, it, they had some, I mean, they had like in the top 20 centers, they had Jack Eichel. And I'm like, who the frick cares right now? Because you're going to do this again come October when the playoffs are over with and nobody's going to give a crap that you put these people in the list now because it's playoffs. That's yeah, all people want to hear about. That's yeah, all I, I want to I, I don't want any... There are no one... Everyone on my list, they're in the playoffs because that's what we did. We're doing playoffs. So I'm not going to include the... I think they had five or six players that weren't in the playoffs total on their list, which I guess in some way shows you how bad the seven teams were that missed the playoffs. But I, I just... No, we're, we're just not including them. So these are all players that, uh, I should say, when I say the playoffs, I, I use that word loosely. The 24 teams that are in the, the quote-unquote preliminary playoffs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the NHL is, they did come out and say that stats accumulated in the preliminary round will count towards all-time playoff stats. So wow. these these are the playoffs. They're just this year's little weird variation of the playoffs so we're we're going with that we're saying it's the playoffs so with that said we have the centers we're going to start at number 20 and work our way back and uh i guess i i didn't do any just mists i felt like a 20 list was was pretty good but if you did some some just miss we can you can uh, toss those out now uh otherwise we'll start at 20 did you do any just miss yeah for all these top 20s okay. uh i threw in one just miss just for the heck of it all right. Well, then, uh, then my just missed is would be because somebody I did consider putting in here was Nazem Kadri. Uh, he would okay. just miss my list at number twenty-one, uh, coming Wonderful. off thirty goals just two years ago. So he's uh, he's definitely somebody who could get sparked in the playoffs. He will show up. It's just a matter of how long he can avoid suspension. <laughs> well put. Yeah. So for me, the just miss is Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, you know, a lot of people probably sitting there thinking, you know, Washington Capitals are going to be a powerhouse, hopefully, in the playoffs. But to me, he's going to play second fiddle to another center who made my list later on. Okay. All right. Yeah, he may, he makes my list, and uh, the other person you're talking about missed my list. So. All right. Uh, yeah, with that said, let's get it rolling. Who's your number 20 center in the, uh, in the playoffs? Jonathan Taves for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, to me, obviously, we know what he can do at both ends of the ice. He's probably one of the top face-off guys in the league. But to me, it's going to be a little difficult uh, for the production to be there. I think, you know, he had an, an up year. He finished with 60 points in 70 games. But uh, come playoff time, I think it's going to be a little tighter. And, you know, can he get it done without playing with a guy like Patrick Kane? You know, he's going to be playing with Saad and, um, you know, what's his face. And so, um, yeah, for me, number 20 is Jonathan Tapes. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I Jonathan Taves also goes and uh, and misses my list. Uh, he did have a good. He did have a pretty solid year. Uh, just eighteen goals, which is I guess why I, I maybe have him a little bit lower. Uh, I I'd say that he just misses along with Kadri. My number twenty is center for the St. Louis Blues, Braden Shen. Ooh. Picks up uh, 58 points this year, 25 goals, and always a threat to get hot. He is somebody who can, I think in a five-game series, I look for Braden Shen to, to maybe make a difference. He's usually a quick start, and he can get hot. And so that's uh, the reason that he jumps those other two guys. Yeah, I don't blame you. And for me, you know, when I look at centers, right, one of the criterias I had for my list here was, you know, are you the number one guy on your team uh, come playoff time? And if you're not, are you going to be a big point producer? Are you going to be a guy who potentially could be a, a number one guy on another team? And Braden Shen, again, you know, I think he's playing second fiddle to Ryan O'Reilly, but he's still a That's not a bad guy forward. to play second fiddle to. No, <laughs> absolutely not. He's, Shen's going to be a great point producer and a great second line center for this team. And then it gives them flexibility too, right? If, you know, something happens with Ryan O'Reilly, he's a guy you can trust to come in and play number one. All right. Uh, let's go number 19. Yeah, number 19, a guy who finished uh, with 50 points in 69 games. A bit of a downer for me, but I think he can turn it on and he has the potential. Um, well, he needs to <laughs> he needs to produce, and that's Tyler Sagan, a guy who can put up 30 to 40 goals, in my opinion. But, you know, a little bit of a down year for a lot of people on the Dallas Stars. Uh, 17 goals only through 69 games, and I fully expect him to hit the reset button, come back, and maybe produce a little bit more at a better pace than he did the regular season. Yeah, the Stars are a difficult team to drop players, like a Jamie Benn, two for wingers. Like, I, I don't have Tyler Sagan on my list. Uh, they do play a defensive-style game. Would he rank higher if they played a more wide-open game and he was picking up easier points? Probably. Uh, but just because statistically he didn't look great, and, uh, and at times it's almost like... Sagan goes through these big sl- like slumps and then he comes back and he's hot and then he slumps. And uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, this isn't an indication of how their team will do. I just don't think that right now he's necessarily better than uh, or, or playing the way that he should compared to the rest of the guys on my list. This is why I have at 19, I have Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, I have him on here kind of based on what I know he can do in the playoffs another real like Sagan not not uh, a total torture in the playoffs but uh Nicholas Backstrom he can get it done in the playoffs we know he'll he will see some time alongside Alexander Ovechkin we know that there's a good chance he'll play with him the whole time definitely on the power play so I I think that uh based on that I want him in my wheelhouse over some other guys so Backstrom is my 19 and I think he had a down year this year too so I think this this uh, layoff for him will be good. Yeah, hopefully uh, picks it up because he just you know he's got that big contract extension, so he's got to he's got to show it. Yep, yep. And uh, my number eighteen, it goes to a guy who actually NHL.com had I believe ranked at number nine. Uh, he was the twelfth highest scorer in in the league. Uh, that is Mika Zibanejad. I have him a lot lower than what the NHL.com has him. I know he scored 41 in 57. He had his best season of his entire career. He had crazy, like 21-38 was his average game time. I mean, he's playing more than most defensemen play in a game, mostly because there's not a whole lot else behind Mika Zibanejad. 
which ironically enough, my uh, my autocorrect made him Mike Zabinijad. So apparently <laughs> Google wants to Americanize Mika. Uh, but I I don't think like if I'm looking at this and I go, all right, who do I want to have on my team? Uh, of course, Zabinijad had one of the better seasons. I think that a lot of that can be attributed to his line mate in Panarin, but I, I, uh, I look at him and I go, well, there's 17 other guys that I think I'd rather have on my team over Zabinijad. So uh, that would be my reason for putting him considerably lower than what NHL.com did, or maybe some others might. Okay, yeah, I got him a little higher, but I mean, he did play a majority of the time uh, with Chris Kreider rather than Panarin, who played a lot of his time with Strom that's right. at yep, center. That's right. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe a reason why he's you know a little higher on most people's list, but we'll see. Well, and I mean, obviously your production is is boosted when you're playing away from from Panarin as well. You sure, know. yeah, a lot of top D men are gonna they're focusing on Panarin. Panarin. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so my number 18, a guy who was kind of like yours, a little bit higher on a lot of people's list. But for me, again, he, he he drops down. He's a number two center on this team and really is horrible at faceoffs. But again, he's been consistent at his production in terms of, you know, his first two seasons. And that's Elias Pettersson. 66 points both years. Uh, this guy comes in with a lot of potential to make some noise. This will be his first crack at the playoffs. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's got speed to burn and he's got a great winger who may or may not have made my list of the top 20 wingers at JT Miller, who I think is a very good complimentary piece for him who brings a lot of grit. So Pedersen can get some more space and really just, you know, take off. Okay. Yeah. Pedersen, I have just a little bit higher. I have him sitting at 16, uh, sandwiched in between him and Zabinijad is Matthew Barzell at 17. Uh, so Barzell, Top to top center on on the Islanders. I don't think there's any questioning that he should be on this list. Uh, you might have him a little bit higher, but I I think this is probably about where he belongs. He kind of had a a little bit uh, a little bit down downer of a year, I guess. Uh, but he still is somebody who I mean the Islanders are going to rely heavily on Matthew Barzell. He had 60 points this year, almost a point per game guy, uh, and he really is the. He's the guy. If they can get him going, the Islanders have a have a good chance at, at moving on. Yeah, you know, I, I read some interesting stats today, and uh, one of them that they they were focusing in on, they were looking at the the top three guys for the MVP, right? Uh, McKinnon, Drysaitel, and Panarin, and they were looking at the primary guys that that pass, right? That set up their team for the most offensive opportunities, and Barzell was up there in the top four with with names like Connor McDavid and uh Panarin and it was it was actually kind of shocking I was I'm surprised with the lack of you know big name stars around him that you know he's the guy that sets up the you know the big scoring chances yeah I mean and and you you have to think of that preliminary round series Islanders Panthers it's going to be Barkov Barzell and uh I I I tend to lean Barkov but uh if Barzell can have a big series that'll make a big difference in in that one uh who do you have at 16 uh, well, let's make oh, sorry, it you're 17, 17. first. Yeah. Go 17-16. Uh, <laughs> all right. For at number 17, I've got Sebastian Ajo, uh, Carolina Pan- or <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. Actually, it's funny. I read today there, Justin Williams put out a tweet. Uh, they had a little like breakfast buffet menu, and uh, the teams listed. They had the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Panthers. It was just cracking me up. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Carolina Hurricanes center Sebastian Ajo. 
Uh, we know what this guy's all about. He's 66 points in 68 games. He's 38 goals this year. Just a tremendous goal scorer. He can do it all. Uh, and I'd be excited to see what he can do in the playoffs now that he's got one good year, good run under his belt to see what he can follow it up with. And uh, at number 16, Matthew Barzell for me, again, like I talked about, you know, being in that one of those top guys in the primary offensive production, you know, category. And obviously he's he's the go-to guy for the Islanders, right? You know, if there's any offense that's going to be had with the New York Islanders this playoffs, it's going to go through this guy more than likely. Yeah. And I love his speed. He's probably one of the, the best guys you know, when it comes to turning on on the fly, and he can really uh, leave some defensemen flat-footed, so he'll be fun to watch. All right. Uh, so moving into our top 15 now, who, who do you have sitting at? Let's go 15, 14, 13. Oh, okay. We're racking them off. So yeah, we'll rack at, well, <laughs> at 15, I've got my, my vote for the best defensive forward this year. It's Sean Couturier from the Philadelphia Flyers. I love this guy's all-around game, and it's it's great to see him blossom into an offensive powerhouse uh now number 14 i've got another great two-way center on a very offensive-minded team from the tampa bay lighting that's Braden point and at number 13 mark shifley from the winnipeg jets okay yeah i've got pretty much the same idea point at 15 aho 14 and couturier at 13 uh i, I put couturier up higher uh, just based on, I, I think he has the. He also has the experience, but the way that he plays, I think, is so important to the Philadelphia Flyers, who tend to have. They have a few guys who are really heavy on their offensive game, and I think that having Sean Couturier there makes him a, a really important piece. And uh, I think come playoff time, you're you're selkie type of guys, which I think that we put him probably in the same category as a Ryan O'Reilly, that if the Flyers are going to win, he is likely a huge proponent of them winning. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, this guy's this guy's key to their success. And I mean, we know about Claude Giroux and what he can do, but he's, I mean, he looks much better on the wing with Couturier at center. Yeah, I, I think with, I think Braden Point has kind of, uh, there, was, there was a minute there where it was almost like, wow, Braden Point is, He's the number. He's by far the number one center on this team. I, I don't really think I. I don't really look at the Lightning anymore and go, all right, number one, number two, number three. It's just, I mean, you've got Stamkos and you've got Braden Point. You just have one A, one B. It doesn't really matter which guy's one A, one B. Uh, point just. And that's what you want if you're a coach, right? Sure, sure, yeah. It's just you just have two two steady top six lines. Really, they've got a great top nine, uh, but their top six is is can compete with anyone in the league and when you consider the fact that he's coming off last year had 92 points and 41 goals this year just slightly down 64 and 66 Uh, but Tampa definitely wasn't playing that all-out way in the regular season that they were early on in 2018-19 when they set the record or tied the record for wins uh, and then smoked it in the playoffs so at this point there's no they have no excuse. Like this is the Lightning's year. They need Point to be great. Uh, I did still rank Stamkos higher than than Braden Point, uh, just I think based off of maybe potential of like what I believe they're they're both capable of, and ultimately who who I think I'd rather have on my team for these playoffs. Uh, maybe not long, you know, for the next five years. Who am I going to take? Well, I'm going to take the younger Braden Point, but that's uh, besides the point. Uh, okay, let's. Okay. Uh, you mentioned you had Shifley at thirteen. 
I have them at 12. So let's just go your number 12 and we'll kind of round out that group. Yeah, number 12, a guy you already mentioned, Mika Zabinajad, a guy who finished fifth in goal scoring and he was 12th in points among forwards and well, all skaters in general. I mean, this guy came out and I remember, you know, when he came back from injury, just, I mean, racked off goal after goal after goal. One game he had five, the next game he had the hat trick. I mean, this guy was just lights out for so long. And and like you talked about earlier, you know, when you're not playing on a line with uh, Panarin, maybe that does kind of benefit him a lot more. But at the same time, I'm like, this guy's the go-to center. He's the number one guy. And, um, you know, I think if, if New York's going to have any success in these playoffs or even the preliminary rounds, you know, it's going to be him and Panarin. They've got to they've got to drive all the offense for this team. Yeah, yeah. Seventh in the league in points per game was Zabinajad this year. So definitely had, but like by far, his best year. I mean, he oh, he had a, a nice little coming out party, uh, which when you consider Zabinajad's, he's what, he's 27 years old. So it's kind of at that age where you don't necessarily expect somebody to have a, a blow up year. Uh, but I, I guess I, I guess I the year before he did have 74 points, but he had 74 points in 82 games. Whereas he's got 75 points in 57 games. Like this is a whole nother Zabinage you had that we were seeing. I mean, he, he likely, if he played all 82, he'd have scored over 50 goals. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah, shattered his, his 30 goal mark from before. So uh, definitely having someone else on his team to take away some of the, uh, you know, some of the the limelight, so that they're not all focused on Zabinajad. Because let's face it, two years ago, that's really all you had to do was focus on him. He was he was much of what they had offensively, so uh, that certainly helped him as well. Okay, uh, my number twelve. I said it was my, Mark Shifley. So let's we'll go. Uh, who do you have at eleven and ten? All right, eleven and ten. I could flip flop these guys to be quite honest, uh, because technically they are both number two centers on their team, but they're both tremendously good and could be number one centers on just about any other team. Uh, for me, number 11 this year is John Tavares from the Toronto Maple Leafs. This guy is lights out every year, uh, a little bit more of a down year versus the last couple of years, which he said uh, he was you know, hurt the whole time. So that's... right. And coaching change doesn't, you know, doesn't yeah. help that much either. Uh, so we'll see what he's able to do now that he's hit the reset, got healthy. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And then at number 10, I've got Evgeny Malkin who, I mean, just the resume is unreal in terms of what he does in the playoffs. And he's shown he can be the guy without Crosby there, too. So I, I love his game. And, you know, hopefully the age isn't catching up with him because he is getting up there. But uh, for me, he's still still good enough to be number 10. Just 74 points in 55 games for Malkin this year. <laughs> Only. <laughs> nothing, nothing, to, nothing to write home about. Uh, so I have uh, at 11, I've got Stamkos. And at 10, I have Ryan O'Reilly. So I, I have... Actually, I'll just I'll just go ahead and nine I have Tavares and eight I have Malkin. So I, I rank those guys a little bit higher. I know I'm sure that you have Ryan O'Reilly in your uh, somewhere in your top nine, and uh, and I think some of his you know hey he won the he won the Conn Smythe last year. So there's no doubt that he is a weapon in these playoffs that and and he'll play very well. Uh, I also wonder you know last year's playoffs. It was such a crazy year for the St. Louis Blues. How replicable is that for the Blues? And and how well is Ryan O'Reilly really going to play? I mean, in reality, he had he had 12 goals in the regular season in, in 71 games. Uh, didn't really have a great goal-scoring year. Not that, not that he's necessarily relied upon 
for scoring tons of goals, but 12 goals is the least amount of goals that he's ever had in his career outside of his rookie season uh, and the the lockout year, but we won't count that one. Uh, So it was definitely his worst goal scoring year by far. Uh, so I'd say he's he's in a little bit of a down position. I'm willing to to bank on the fact that O'Reilly will turn it on in the playoffs, but how much of a factor is the fact that, hey, you already won. Will somebody want to win more than you? That's that's entirely possible. So I have him a little bit lower based off that. And uh, Stamkos, I think we're just all waiting to see to see what Stamkos can do in the playoffs. You know, I, I want to have him a little higher. He had a good year, 66 and 57, almost 30 goals. But I'm just waiting to see what he can do in the playoffs. I've kind of lost confidence in him once the, uh, you know, once once we're in a position where, where we need to win, I, I want to see him be the guy. And so I, I have him currently outside the top 10, but very easily could be in the top 10. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, so for me at number nine, I've got uh, Sasha Barkoff. A guy we uh, were, I, well, at least I know you and I are both excited to see in these playoffs because sure. this is a guy who just, I mean, he plays so great at both ends of the ice. This guy's got a lot of speed, a lot of talent. Um, you know, he's going to be playing with a great winger with Huberdu on his side. And so that'll, that'll only. You just called him Huberdu. I, <laughs> I like it. it. That's, <laughs> I love it. Sorry, I had to just, I had to point that out. No, please. that just made uh, me so happy. Yeah, I've heard a lot of weird pronunciations of his name, but uh, dude, so yeah, Barkoff for me comes in at number nine. At number eight, Batiste Bergeron, maybe a little lower than most people would expect given his playoff history. Uh, this guy does show up. This guy is one of the best face-off guys on the ice, and I mean, he centers that top line for a reason, and when you've got two elite wing- wingers on your side, he's only going to produce, and I mean, you look at his numbers from the regular season, I mean, he still managed to put up. 30 goals each of the last three seasons and for a guy who you know a lot of people are wondering when he's going to slow down you know he's getting up there in age i think what he's like 34 35 years 35 years old yeah Yeah, yeah. so you're at the point in your career where maybe you do and especially the bruins where they play a little a little bit harder a little bit more of a defensive game it's just he's not really not really slowing down that much and um and and he you know he's playing with marshan and posternak who are who are other guys that have to shoot the puck too, which, you know, Marshan is 28 goals. Pasternak is 48. So right. between the three of them, they have basically a hundred goals over a hundred goals between the three of them. Yeah. Uh, we know the offense goes through this line yeah. on this team for sure. Uh, and then number seven for me, Steven Stamkos, you talked about it. He's a guy that I expect to really engage in these playoffs and really produce a lot more because I mean, look at it. He's had three times in his career where he's gone more than a round. Uh, and it seems to go every other year, right? I mean, you look at the first time he was in the playoffs, 18 games. Next, I mean, the next time he was in, it was four, then 26, then one, then 17, then four last year. And so, again, I, I kind of expect, you know, Tampa Bay to rebound from what they were doing last year and that misery of a, of a series that it was ugh, makes my blood boil. But, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, he, but, yeah, and he's always been fine in the playoffs, but, Right. And I mean, he had uh, in 17, 18, you know, he gets seven goals, nine assists in 17 games. He played pretty well, uh, but he's never really had that playoff where he blows up in goals. Like, right. And it could be I this mean, year. Years, yeah, I, I sure hope so. And at 30 years old, right, this rest only helps those those guys that are maybe a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more what you call the veteran players. 
And, uh, you know, he could be a guy on a team where he doesn't have to go out and play 22 minutes, 21 minutes a night because he's got another center to center behind him to help him out and braid him points. So uh, hopefully it translates into a lot of success because I, I fully expect this guy and I'm hoping he's at least a point per game, if not more type of player. I mean, with he's, a lot he's of got goals. 23 goals in 70 playoff games and then he has 422 goals in 803 regular season games. I mean, he scores more than every other game. More than 0.5 goals a game in the regular season. Then he's he basically cut that in a half in the playoffs, uh, which I know goal scoring goes down in the playoffs, but not by half. So something right. happens to him in the playoffs, and uh, whether that's just people are more honed in on him or, or what, but he he does have have a little bit more trouble in the playoffs. Uh, okay, let's we'll move on. Uh, my number seven, I had Patrice Bergeron at seven, so not not far off. So it's Tavares nine, Malkin eight, Bergeron seven. And I'll just give you my uh, my six just to kind of round this out. We'll go into the top five from there. Six, I have Alexander Barkov. So. All right. Yeah, love it. Who is your six? My number six is Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, so you dog. have him much higher. Okay. Yes, I love this guy's game. I love St. Louis's game in general. I think he's tailor-made for this team and how they play the, the game. And obviously it showed last year with the Stanley Cup. And I think, you know, again, you talked about it a down year. But I, I think come playoff times, he's had an opportunity to rest. And I, I think for most teams, especially those that go deep in the playoffs, you kind of see them getting a little tired, a little little bit more beat up come playoff times because they've, they've been you know going hard for so long. And you know this this huge break here, I think, can only help a team like St. Louis. And I hope, I assume that the production for Ryan O'Reilly is going to be just as good, if not better, than last year. So my question for you is, are you saying you're saying that you would rather have Ryan O'Reilly over... Evgeny Malkin, John Tavares, no, nothing to do with salary or anything like that. Just pure player. You'd rather have him over Bergeron, Malkin, Stamkos, Tavares, Barkov. You'd rather have him more than those guys. Right now, based on this year and maybe a little bit in the last year, absolutely. Okay. I'd take him. Yeah. All right. I That's exactly why I have him at 10 because all those <laughs> – I guess I've got a Stamkos one, one notch lower than him. But, uh, yeah, I, I – I think he had a really great playoff. I think he's a good player, and and for that reason, he is at number ten right now. But I think that it'll be short lived. I, I I don't see him living in this slot for uh, for very many more years. I think there's there's a lot more talented players behind him. He just happened to turn it on big time last year. But I hope he can do it again because it would be fun to see. Prove yeah. me wrong, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's head into the top five. It sounds like we have the exact same top five. We'll just find out the order at which these players are. And uh, let's go five, four. We'll do five, four. Who do you have five, four? Okay, number five, I've got Austin Matthews. And at number four, I've got Nathan McKinnon. Um, obviously, we know Matthews is the finisher, right? He's the the goal scorer. This guy can... Uh, you know, put up goals with the best of them in this league. And he obviously had his best year in goal scoring at 47. And had we had an 82 game season, there's no doubt he would have cracked 50 for the first time in his career. Yeah, he would have found I, a way to score three more goals. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I fully expect him to, to break that last year. But for me, you know, I look at when push comes to shove, you know, Nathan McKinnon's a guy who I think, you know, can carry a team where I haven't seen that maybe out of Austin Matthews quite yet. Um, I, I have no doubt Matthews is, is totally capable of it, but right now, what I've seen, you know, McKinnon do with no, no help around him, no offensive players, Rantanen getting injured, Landeskog out, all these guys with long droughts, he still manages to keep this team in the top four of the Western Conference, so they can, you know, 
get out get out of that preliminary round. Okay, yeah, I agree with Matthews at five. That's exactly where I have him. He's almost that like we just don't. He's never been out of the first round, but he's never played bad in the playoffs. I mean, he. I guess I guess in in seventeen eighteen he did struggle a little bit. He only had two points in seven games. But last year, five goals in seven games. The first year in the playoffs, four goals in six games. So he definitely he doesn't you know, necessarily slow down in the playoffs. But uh, I think we all want to see him win a round, move on. Like we need to see that out of him. Uh, where we've we've seen that from from these other guys, uh, which is it's why I have Matthews at five. I've got actually Sidney Crosby at four. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have McKinnon at three. I, I I just don't think that. Do I would I love to have Crosby on my team? Absolutely. Do I think that he's phenomenal? Yes. Do I think that he is a little more prone to getting hurt than these other three guys? I do. I am a little bit worried about that, and I also. When I think of McKinnon, there isn't, I mean, there's Kadri behind him, but Crosby's got Malkin behind him. There's always that safety net. And there's always that, well, if we put all our resources towards Crosby, we're going to be killed because Malkin's almost as good. Whereas I think with Colorado, you know who they're going to focus on. Go ahead. If Kadri beats us, that's fine. We're just not going to let McKinnon beat us. So I think that he's <laughs> in a position where he really is the guy. And, and I think he just had a flat out better year and he managed to do it well the rest of his team came up from the farm like he was playing with AHL players at times so i think that's a that's a big reason why i say mckinnon he's he's on his way he's one of the top guys in the league we all know that okay yeah can't argue with that uh so let's go 3 2 1 all right at number 3 i've got sidney crosby uh again he his numbers are kind of slipping a little bit but maybe that's you know due to injury and again you know you talked about it um, you know, push comes to shove. If I've got to ride a guy, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant to take Crosby because at this point in his career, he just, you know, isn't staying healthy as long as I want him to. Uh, whereas this guy at number two for me, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, he's, I mean, this guy's incredible. He's shown now that he can do, I mean, he's proven everybody. Maybe, you know, he didn't really need to before, but, you know, outside of Edmonton, I think everybody wanted to see it, but he can do it without McDavid. And there are long stretches where, you know, McDavid was out this year, and Drysaddle just took this team and went ahead and did it, like you said, with a lot of AHL players, right? And you know, he's he's kind of slowly making a star out of Kyler Yamamoto. He's a guy who maybe you know you want to keep your eye on come these playoffs because he could potentially be you know a point per game guy. You know, regular season had ten points in ten games playing alongside Drysaddle, and there's a good reason why. Yeah, uh, I've got the I've got the same one too, and that is because I I actually really I was like, is there a way I can get Drysaddle at one? <laughs> I don't think anyone will ever take me seriously ever again if I do that. So I, I couldn't do it. Uh, I, I do think. I mean, you like to? Yeah, I'd like to. I, I am wondering if uh, if they'll play together, if they'll play separate. What what that's going to look like in the fi- in the five game series? Like, I think in the five game series, you just put them together and just let them do the thing. Yeah. And worry about the rest later because they'll you'll likely try and match them up with Kane as much as you can because you'll keep the puck away from Kane as much as possible, and that's pretty much. That's it. If you can do that, you're going to beat the Blackhawks. There's no doubt about it, uh, especially since they might not have Corey Crawford, and that might be rough. Yeah. It could bit. be a quick series. Uh, but, yes, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers taking 1-2. Either way you look at it, I'm okay with even doing like a 1A, 1B because it's looking like Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you know, is is going to be almost as good. Like, 
they somehow hit the lottery with him and uh, drafting him. <laughs> and at it's five. funny. It's the one time they we, didn't pick first overall, and they got a great oh my player. Gosh. That, yeah, and you, you, it's funny, too, because when he signed that extension, I remember, you know, you had some reservations, like, I don't know if I'd given this guy $8.5 million, and now we're like, yeah. what a flipping bargain yeah. yep. this is. I mean, he had a point-per-game, you know, better than, uh, you know, Connor McDavid at 1.55 versus 1.52, so how can you complain when you got two guys that are capable of those kind of numbers? Absolutely. Well, hey, there's our top 20 centers in the playoffs. Uh, stay tuned for more rankings coming out throughout the week and uh we'll we'll talk to you guys really soon you can find us on twitter at ot hockey talk let us know what you thought of the list if there's anybody missing on there that you think should be in there throw that our way enjoy the uh the exhibition games and we'll talk to you soon